0: And, and being ordained just means that we've been told that now our life is about doing God's work. And that's it. So, about a life set apart for God's work. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I was a part of that uh, yesterday. But man, golly, it was a 12-year a process full of writing. And thinking about God, and thinking about church, and church people, thinking about myself, and I, ha- I had to go before boards, and I had to go back to school, and I had to go to more school, I had to do... More writing. I had to go before another board and more boards. And I had to do more writing about God, about myself, about the church, about church people. I had to go from another board to talk to them. I had to go before people who were talking about me, talking about me, talking about the church and the God. And it was just on and on and on. So all of that, friends, ended yesterday. Okay? Thank you. Now, that's important for me to share with you for a couple of reasons. One, because I want you to understand that you, whether you realize it or not, as the body of Christ, have been a part of that since day one, whether we knew each other or not. Because believe me, I had other plans for my life, okay? But you, the church, told me that this is what God wants for you to do. And I was dumb enough to believe you. So I want you to understand that, but I also want you to understand that this is not just about me being a preacher, because that's real easy for you sitting there and say, oh, yeah, well, he had to do that because that's what he was supposed to do. And now he's got to go on and keep doing it. It's not just about me being a preacher. It's about me being a disciple. And the reason why that's important is because it's not just about me being a disciple. It's about you being a disciple, too. Because you have to be a disciple just as much as I have to be a disciple. Are you all with me still? And Jesus gathered with his disciples. He told them that he would meet after he was resurrected. And as they're all coming together, he says, hey, guys, you like what you see? Now, you know what? It's time for you to go and make, guess what? Disciples. Now, as United Methodist pastor, you know this, I'm sure we, we go quite a bit, don't we? Take this guy from Galveston. And he went, he was told to go all over the valley. And then he was told to go to the cowboy capital of the world because you'll fit in there real nice, John. <laughs> and then I was told to go to the Metroplex because it's so quiet up there, right? And then it was time to go to the cleanest little city in Texas. So it could be easy from where you're sitting to think, yeah, it's easy to go. But I want you to realize that you're called to go as well. Now, your going may look different than mine, but you know what? You're still up on the mountain with God, you're here. God's house, in God's day, you're still hearing the Word of God telling you to. Now, maybe you need to go home. Maybe you need to go see a friend. Maybe you need to go to work. Maybe you need to go see someone at the hospital. Maybe you need to go pray with someone. And in that going, you've only left about, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 miles. Maybe that's your going. But you know what? You're still called to. We're all called as disciples of Jesus to go and make more disciples. That's who we're called as the body of Christ. That's what we're supposed to be. If someone asks you, what does it mean to be Christian? Somewhere in your answer, you have to include, I'm supposed to go and make more disciples. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. Y'all with me? So as Jesus is there with his disciples this first time, he tells them, all right, I want you to go. And when you go, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations, and I want you to teach them to obey everything I have taught you. Now, I keep thinking about that word everything, and that's a lot. Because if, if I'm one of those disciples on the mountain and Jesus has just told me to go and teach people to obey everything, I've got to start thinking about what he said about praying, about fasting, about judging other people, about being fearful. I have to remember what he taught me about bearing fruit. I have to remember what he was trying to say when he told us to go feed the 5,000 and then the 4,000. I've got to remember what he tried to tell us and when he was, the point he was making when he was walking on water. I've got to remember what I learned when I was up on the mountain and his appearance transfigured right before my eyes. I've got a lot to remember if I'm going to teach everything he taught me. Jeez, and then I got to remember what he said about lost sheep, and about letting the children come to him, and then I got to remember that stuff about forgiveness. That's just a lot of stuff. Well, I, I want to give you a bit of encouragement. Hopefully, if you think somehow that um, that is kind of too much stuff to teach especially all, all at once and it's kind of overload information overload you, if you're worried that it might be too much I'm going to give you a word of encouragement you ready for this? we cannot and we do not do it all on one day amen. our discipleship when we are teaching you said amen so let's see if you're going to say it again Our discipleship, teaching people to obey everything that he has taught us, and teaching ourselves as well, can't just happen on one day. Our discipleship is more than Sunday mornings, what I'm trying to tell you nicely. Y'all with me? If our job as the body of Christ is to go, therefore, and make disciples of Jesus Christ, if that's our job... Think of it this way. If you had any other job and you told your boss, that sounds like a good job description. Uh, I'll see what I can do for you in one day a week. You wouldn't do a very good job, would you? And unfortunately, like I suggested to you before, that maybe indeed this has been the great omission of the church of God for a while. Maybe we've gotten caught up doing some other things and we've forgotten that the first thing we were called to do was to go and make not fans, not people who say they just believe, not people who say they're okay with God, not people who say, hmm, I like the songs they sing, but we were called to go and make disciples. Y'all with me? when we forget that our discipleship is not just about Sunday morning, when we forget that we were called to transform the lives of people and make them be disciples of Jesus, when we forget, is it any wonder why the church today isn't given much credit in the world? I want you to understand that Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given To me. That's what Jesus said. Right. And and what I want you to understand also is that he, he didn't say that, that it's all been given to me and it's all mine, mine, mine. What Jesus said was all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples And so what Jesus was saying is this authority, all authority under heaven has been given to me. And now I'm giving it to you. And now you can go. Are you all with me now? Yeah, John, but you know, that's I'm not that kind of person. That's the other church down the street, right? That's not kind of I just I do my thing. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I don't believe in all that power of God's stuff. Well, friends, if you say anything like that or believe anything like, like that, I'm going to say that's OK. That's fine. But I want you to do me a favor. Please stop bragging about how much you've come to church all your life. Please stop telling everybody else that you go every Sunday, because if you still believe that you don't have the God's power with you. That if you don't believe that that power has been given to you, then you haven't been paying attention or listening very well. Jesus said, all power, all power under heaven and earth has been given to me and now it's yours. Remember when Jesus says you wait there in Jerusalem because when the Holy Spirit comes, you will have, guess what? you will have power and I know you probably hear me say that and hopefully you believe that but yeah but then Sunday afternoon comes and I forget what hymn we sang and I don't, I don't feel quite the same I don't have the same enthusiasm as, as I did Sunday morning and this whole power business, I don't know if I, if I have what it takes to keep that kind of power. I don't know if I'm, if I'm the right material to have God's power in my life. And I want you to know that you're in good company if you ever feel that way. Because it was the disciples, the same disciples who were meeting on that mountain with Jesus. It was the same disciple who just a few days ago ran away from Jesus. When he needed them them the most. It was the disciples who denied Jesus, denied even knowing him. It was the same disciples who, throughout his ministry, had focused on ungodly ambitions. It was the same disciples who were just a little too full of themselves. The same disciples who were too preoccupied with their own thoughts about what they wanted for their life. These are the same disciples that even their faith wasn't fully developed. And even as they're standing before the resurrected Lord, these are the same disciples for who some believed, but some still doubted. And it was to those disciples... Jesus said, all the authority has been given to me, and now I'm giving it to you. Fathers, mothers too, don't we worry about giving our car keys to our kids? Why is that? You ever thought about that? We, we let, now, young people, I want you to understand, I love you, right? And, and, and but this is, what, this is what science tells us, right? So I'm not just making stuff up. That our brain is not developed fully until about the age 25, 26, or 27. So what that means, until that point of your life, you are working on half a brain. Amen. And, and I'm not just saying you, all of us were there as well some point and so parents that's right <laughs> and so parents let's think about that we, we, we dangle our, key, our keys to our children keys to our one ton cars and say hey just be careful do you realize the power that we're giving them and how scary that is because do you really think they understand everything they're capable of in the car? And yet God says, I know you're not capable. You can't be. Are you kidding? You're standing in front of me and some of you are still doubting. But I'm giving you this power. And what I want you to do to go and all those things that i have taught you just teach them that you know all that stuff you don't have figured out yet you know all that stuff you can't make sense of that's fine i get that you may never make sense of it and i'm not telling you to teach those things i'm telling you to just go teach what i taught you and see see where that gets you y'all you with me See, Jesus didn't tell them, all right, when you get your act together, then I'm going to give you your mission. And Jesus isn't telling you the same thing. Friends, I want you to hear me loud and clear. That's why we spent so much money on good microphones. You have been given the power of God in your life. Sometimes we think of the good life as being a time when we can finally sit back and soak in the sun and just let other people wait on us and just waste our day away. That sounds like the good life. Maybe maybe we have a nice beach we have in mind, or maybe a, a, a place somewhere in the mountains, just somewhere we can go and just—it's the good life. Well, friends, that may be the good life, but I'm going to tell you right now that I don't think that's the God life. Because God's life says for us to go. So we have to decide, I think, sometimes what's going to be more important to us. The good life, which can be very good. Or the God life, which tells us to go. And Something else as we think about these words from our Lord to the disciples and to us about going. Something I just couldn't get out of my head. As Matthew introduces this scene, Jesus has been resurrected to some of the ladies and he's told them, all right, go tell them we're going to meet on the mountain. And this is what Matthew tells us. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee. That's not what we teach our children, right? What do we teach our children in Sunday school? What do we learn about the Bible? How many disciples were there? There were 12. 12. But we've already read a few chapters before. We know what happened to that twelfth one. We know what happened to Judas, don't we? Judas was overcome by the pain of the decision he made to turn in his Lord and his master. And he killed himself, Matthew tells us. And you know, Matthew doesn't say anything about Judas again. But just the fact that now we've gone from the disciples, twelve disciples and some points in Matthew's story, and now all of a sudden... Matthew reminds us that there are only 11 now. Seems to me that maybe there's a point where we have to remember when it comes to our walk with God, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our work as the body of Christ, we have to remember who is not here. A couple of people who aren't here. Sometimes we remember those people who, who aren't here because they can't be here anymore. Maybe they have some kind of disability. Maybe getting out is just not an option for them anymore. But we also remember people who've gone on. And they're having a better worship service than we are right now. Amen? You know, yesterday, as I did gather, with all the however many hundreds of people, uh, our family had been been waiting for this for a long time. Did I tell you it was 12 years, about? Yeah been a process for all of us, and uh, we had hoped that uh, Gloria's dad would be able to be a part of it. This is something that he would be able to share with us because he was a big part in my discipleship. He didn't care about me being a preacher. He wanted me to be a disciple. Y'all with me? I don't want you to worry about being a, a trustee chair. I don't want you to worry about uh, doing this before anything else. I want you to worry about being a disciple. Y'all with me? Because the other stuff comes later, but we, we had hoped and we had wanted him to be there. And I thought as I was walking all about 50 of us all together, I remember walking down to the room, it popped into my mind that he didn't make it. But I wonder if God, as God would have it, my first step into that room with all those people We were singing the church's one foundation. You know that song, right? The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. Singing that wonderful and and traditional hymn has so much meaning for us. And as I took my first step into that hall, wishing that he would have been able to make this. This is the verse we sang together. We now on earth. Have union with God, the three in one. And share through our faith, communion with those whose rest is one. See, the church, when we gather, we remind ourselves that this faith isn't new. It's been given to us. And when we make sure that we go and we make sure that we are becoming disciples of Jesus Christ, we are standing on the faith of those people who can't be here anymore. We are living out their faith now. We are remembering the things that they taught us. And their faith becomes our faith. Amen. But you know what? Those aren't the only people who are not here. Judas wasn't there with them anymore. And I think that there are plenty of other people in our community, in our world, who are not here because they have the same things in their life just like Judas. He was overcome by despair. He was overcome by the choices he made. He was overcome maybe by pressure. And that kept him from being a disciple. And I think we need to remember that there are people who are not here with us right now for the very same reasons. That they think they have to get their life together before God would ever want to hear for them. That they think and they've been told that they're not good enough. And friends, it's your job and it's my job to go out and say, brother, sister, you got it all backwards. Y'all with me? Do you know anybody like that? You better because you were told to go. And sometimes we Christians, we get in our little bubbles and we want to make everything here. And the reason why nobody's here is because, well, these are the only people we know, but we're told to go. You know people who need to know God. Amen? So go. Get them. Amen? And amen.